0: Yeah, I was promoting the pro-life cause at the Pelicans game. I gave a huge ordeal at halftime. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: He was in the baby race.
1: <laughs> so welcome back to the 10 minute break podcast presented by Campus Ministry. I'm the director of Campus Ministry, Peter Flores, and I'm joined with Mr. Augustine, the assistant to the assistant. Assistant to the campus. Assistant minister. to the campus minister. Yeah. For and, we're, now. and we're for now, and for now. yeah. And we're joined by Pro-Life Club President Bo Burke and board member Garrett Derbys. Uh, Welcome, guys.
0: Hello. Hello.
1: (laughs) So I thought today what we would do is basically just, since we all went on the Pro-Life trip a couple weeks ago, just kind of do a little bit of a recap of what what the trip meant to you guys, uh, what we got out of it, what are your visions for the Pro-Life Movement 2020 and beyond. And so, uh, maybe, I don't know if you guys want to take it. What did, what were some of the things you got out of going on the March for life this year?
2: Um, well, it's clearly growing every year we go back. Uh, it's, so I think maybe the first year I went, it was 600,000. And I know that this year was a record for how many people went. Um, so, I mean, it's good to see a lot of like go out there and see a lot of kids out there that, uh, all believe in the same thing that you believe in because modern media makes it feel like um, you're kind of a minority. And then you go out there and you see all the other people out there um, fighting for what you're fighting for. So that's really cool.
0: You see your cause spreading and that you're with everybody that's with you. It's not a, it's not like Bo said, what the media is portraying. How would you think that this
3: pro-life show was different from ones you've gone in the past, both personally, like the way that it affected you, and also just the trip itself.
0: The numbers were uh, of people in attendance were a lot more this year. Um, even though in years past, it's just an enormous amount of people, this year was even more. <coughs>
2: um, as president, it was a lot more responsibility, um, but it also made it a lot more interesting um, made it more fun to be able to lead these guys. Um, We had a group of about 43 students, which was probably the biggest that I've ever had.
0: Um, And leading them was something I'll never forget. And you can tell that our cause is actually um, getting noticed because this year was the first year with a president in attendance um, at the march. So that was... uh, Big thing for us this year.
1: So, in addition to the march, I know we did you know a lot of other things. One of them being the the big mass for life at the basilica at Catholic University. What what are you, what are some of y'all's thoughts on that mass? Because I know that you know having gone on the trip a couple times, it, it still always impacts me a lot. But what do you think that mass kind of represents for the pro life movement?
0: I think getting to see all the different clergy members uh, at the mass and in in the procession. That you get to see that really every it's everybody that comes in to support and you'll have different people from um different parts of the catholic face faith, faith coming in to you know can celebrate or just be at the mass that the church is just overflowing and i love to see everybody there
2: um it made it feel really organized um You see all these leaders of churches around the globe coming um, to this huge chapel um, in the center of America. Um, And it's kind of like you grow up. If you grow up in the Catholic faith, you grow up like obviously being pro-life, but then you get there and it's like just a visual thing to put with all the pro-life things that your parents have been telling you, your church has been telling you. It's just like all of it thrown in one place
1: yeah it almost kind of makes it real like yeah for the first time you kind of see the visible church that whole that universal part and then and then Daniel this was your first time going on the march for life
3: yeah this was this was uh, I didn't really know what to expect and I've always you know I've always held that that pro-life um, you know, I've always considered myself pro-life but didn't really know what that meant until honestly this trip where we start off going to the Holocaust museum. And that just kind of sets the tone for it, right? So if you know me, I'm pretty scatterbrained. And so when I was there, in order for the museum to catch my attention that whole time, I was actually almost late, almost got left behind. So you know that, like, I was pretty captivated, right? I was, I was sitting there reading all of these these ways that these Catholic men and women um, were helping fight against the evil, against this just, like, horrible discrimination against the Jews. And now I translate that into into pro-life and just the discrimination of the unborn, um, and those who very, very similarly seem to have been given no value at all. Like it, it put a nice gravity um, to the way the trip was. But it also it, it wasn't completely somber the whole time. There were some some pretty funny moments some pretty enjoyable moments. Um, overall, it was a, a very good trip that I would do again, but would like to not. Right. Because that's the goal.
1: That is true. I mean, that's that's one of the weirdest parts about the March for Life is that, you know, in some sense, you kind of you look forward to it because you're excited to stand up for life you're excited to do that like y'all said with with your brothers uh jesuit and then the larger you know community but then there's also that aspect of realizing that you shouldn't have to be shouldn't have to be there um and then maybe some people that we actually got to talk to we got to talk to some of the the eppc the ethics and public policy center scholars uh george weigel uh, ed wheelan stephen white and a few others what was what was y'all's kind of takeaways there from getting to talk to those guys about the future or the the current either political or legal status with the pro-life movement?
2: Um, Well, they were really educated in the whole law aspect behind it too. Um, (laughs) So uh, they kind of told us what was going on currently and what should be going on in the future. Um, They also gave us some like in-law examples of how lopsided um the legality of abortion is um all the loopholes in it and just told us how invalid like a law like that would actually be um and it was cool getting um a lot of insight from these really smart people
0: yeah i forget the lady's name but uh, one of the ones that directed the crisis pregnancy centers uh get, told a bunch of stories about her line of work and the type of people that go in there. But it just opened up my eyes to things that we have available to us that people just don't recognize and they just assume that there's only one way to get out of the situation.
1: Yeah, if I'm remembering, she she also was talking about that, that idea that men and especially young men like you guys have no role or nothing to say in this argument of you know abortion and, and the pro-life issues there. Uh, what, what, what was, what would be y'all's response to that? If someone were to say, Hey, look, there, there's no place for, for a man's voice or especially a young Catholic man's voice in the pro-life movement. Um, you know, taking from what she said or your own thoughts, what what do you guys think, uh, would be a good response to that?
2: Well, I mean, um, and that is a tough question, but it's, it's when you think about it, it takes two people to (laughs) make a baby. So, um, and it's not... I don't know. Uh, let me think about that one for a little bit.
0: I think what Bo's trying to say is really... <laughs> it takes two to tango. And uh, there has to be two people to in the act. And you can't just have two people in one act. And then the next act, take them out of it. It's just not right. Can't do that. If you want to go through with one person, then... You have to stick with them the whole time. You can't say that they, you know, can do this one thing and then they can't do this other a couple of days later.
3: Also, I'll chime in and say just what it means to be a Catholic man and to defend life. Like your role, the traditional role in, in the Catholic Church and just in history is that man is is the protector and the provider. So... As well as like, yes, you you share equal responsibility because you both created that life. You're also as the head of the family, whether that family is completely conjoined or not. You are given that
1: role as protector, as the father.
2: Took the words right out of my mouth.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 could, I could see <laughs> you're about to say that. Yeah, <laughs> I did, I did. <laughs> and then I know I'm just thinking of what what Mister Augustine said earlier is this idea of you know connecting it back to other you know human rights things we say the Holocaust and, and other genocides that have happened is that you know, it seems to me that it's yeah, as a life issue, any human male or female should be concerned with any life issue. And so, you know, just, yeah, like, you know, Garrett is saying, and I think, and clearly Bo is about to say, is that like simply because there is an innocent life at risk, I think all humans have some kind of responsibility there. At the end of the day, like it it really was a great trip. I'm glad I got to experience all of the March for Life and I'm excited for the future of the movement. but, Garrett, you, you didn't actually experience all of the March for Life.
0: Uh, where, where were you on day one? Uh, day one, I'm actually a starter for the Jesuit NOLA wrestling team. We can tell because
1: he is wearing the jacket. So
3: yes. A
0: I'm actually After wearing, the season. He's over. wearing two I'm jackets. actually wearing two Jesuit wrestling That's sweatshirts. That's
1: well,
0: we were but, supposed di- to,
1: but didn't the meet get canceled?
0: Yes, yeah, so it got canceled <laughs> because a lot of people were sick. And, honestly, Brother Martin might have just been afraid of us that night. But... Yes, it did get canceled, so I had to show up a day late because I would already planned on coming up a day late before it got canceled.
2: Well, I also heard from uh, some of my friends that were at the Pelicans game that Garrett went to the Pelicans game. And what, while well, we but were, what
1: was special about that particular Pelicans game?
2: Uh, it was Zion's debut. Um, so we accused Garrett of skipping the March for Life
0: beginning to see Zion's Actually do. I didn't skip the March for Life. I was I was there for the March. I just wasn't at the Holocaust Museum, which I had already been to in previous years past two times. Consecutive. Consecutive. And another time when I was younger. So I, you know,
3: I would say in defense he was celebrating the life of Zion. <laughs> being part of the Pelicans team. I I can That's see right. I can see it. I That's right.
0: Yeah, I was promoting the pro-life cause at the Pelicans game. I gave a huge ordeal at halftime.
2: Yeah, yeah. He was in the baby race.
0: (laughs) There was a baby race that night, so it was nice to see the women that chose life and men that chose life for their babies on the halftime show. Okay, so, you know, we said this
1: before, but the March for Life, it, it really is a great witness to how many people respect life that are that are on the pro-life side of, of this issue, and not just the abortion issue, but other things you know revolving around the life issues, whether it's euthanasia, stem cell research, and even, you know, extending beyond to the idea of like uh, supporting adoption and women's crisis pregnancy centers and things like that. What about the post-March? What's one way or what, you guys have any advice or tips on how to carry the energy for the pro-life movement beyond just the March for Life?
2: So really, the best way to um, stay involved um, is join Pro-Life Club or join local CYO. Um, There's always opportunities to get involved in the pro-life movement. um, And it's really not that difficult, especially if you go to a school like Jesuit or Brother Martin. Um, We have events weekendly um, this coming weekend. Uh, is the Born to Run 5K, um, and then we've got the Brother Martin Kickball Tournament, which we are reigning champions of, by the way. Um, and it's just—it's really just like real, like year, uh, year-round that um, these things are just going on. So if you get involved, it is not hard to stay involved.
0: See, so I know that there will be crisis pregnancies. So I like to help out at crisis pregnancy centers as much as possible uh so get involved with or get in contact with uh directors of crisis pregnancy centers or um you know just go there and ask how you could help in any way because they always need help because um, they mainly run on straight donations uh so everybody always needs help there so I like to help out there as much as possible and should tell people to do the same.
3: Yeah. Um, and I, I would say just from a from a teacher perspective or for, for someone who's maybe not in one of these clubs, just having conversations about it, right? Just being able to talk about uh, these things that do happen about not just abortions, but also euthanasia. I'm not saying like walk up to someone and say, hello, sir, <laughs> can I talk to you about abortion and euthanasia? That would probably not be the best way to have the conversation but you know with your friends or with colleagues if something comes up or you have the opportunity to defend life in some way that not only should you but i would say you have a moral obligation to do so
1: yeah and then along with that i think just that that consistent life ethic right like that day by day you're doing things that are life-giving you know whether that's you know prayer whether that's you know going to daily mass or something like that but just also in how you how you interact with people that people find you know, i think that's how we're going to ultimately win the argument is that if you know we're, we're joyous in life uh, life usually wins out over over death um, okay guys so thank you for for being on the podcast today it was uh it was a riveting conversation and uh we're excited to see what uh, the pro life club at Judgment has for the future but we're really grateful for what it's doing right now in the present and yeah hopefully We won't have to be at the March for Life 2021, Uh, but if if we have to, then we'll see you guys there.
0: Thank you. Thank you.